Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. Continue. I think I don't think there's any other special announcements before we get started. Uh, we're going over uh, a, a series, uh, Be Brave, Do Something. I, I stole it, I admit, from Project Veritas. I like the idea that there's investigative reporting behind things and, th- and that kind of stuff. And, and this is not a political commentary, but the title grabbed me. I'm like, oh, I, I want to use that title. And I just couldn't come up with something as good as that. So I admit to you, I stole the title, Be Brave, Do Something. That's kind of the overriding uh, theme for this month. And uh, it is, we want to do something. We, we don't want to be tepid, right? Laodicea is lukewarm. We don't want to be Laodicea. We want to be, be brave, want to be strong. And I don't mean to give the, the misconception that this only applies to people who are going into battle or you're going to speak to 50 people at a Bible study or something. Not by any means. What it is, is to ratchet up in every individual uh, the need that we've got to make a change. And if change is going to begin, it's going to begin with us, right? We are the ambassadors for Christ. If you've repented and received Christ as your Savior, the Bible says we're ambassadors for Christ. We're here to make a difference, not to go with the flow. We're here to make a difference. And so that's kind of the general theme behind it. And we talked about previously on this topic, the first sermon title was Be Brave, Do Something. And then second sermon was God's Might in Us. Last week we talked about being bravely in the fight. And we're going to start by reading Daniel 11.32 today. Daniel 11.32. And um, it's kind of our launching pad. We're just going to read it and, and pray, and then we'll move on. I've got a few things to go over today. And my sermons, I, every week I tell you, this will be probably the shortest sermon you ever heard. Well, obviously I say the tongue-in-cheek. They can't all be that way. Uh, but but I, I don't tolerate long sermons. I don't give, I rarely will give a long sermon. Uh, I say to, I don't tolerate just my own inabilities. It's not, it's not a virtue of any sort, but, but, uh, but we don't go really long. But there are three points that I want to really bring out. And I'll tell you what they are. If you've got the bulletin, fill in the blanks. It's be strong, be valiant, be enlightened. Be strong, be valiant, be enlightened. And... We're going to read Daniel 11.32, and it says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. And this is the operative part, is the second part of the verse. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and Father, you said that you'd be with us. You said, wheresoever two or more are gathered together in thy name, they will be in their midst. Lord, I think even on a more sure basis than that, this is the Lord's house, and this is the Lord's day. And we open up the word of God, and we invite the spirit of God to direct our thoughts and to help us to hear and to understand the things that are most important for us to hear and understand. And Lord, we pray that if there be any here today that have not yet repented of their sin and trusted Christ as their Savior, that this would be the day of salvation. Father, may we all uh, embrace a greater need to, to be bold, to be brave, 
And Lord, to do something with the great message that you've given to us, we thank you for what you're going to do. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I really like the idea that I'm not a nobody. Really? I, have you ever felt like you're a nobody? I mean, we, we've all had those. You, you're not raising your hand, but I know you, you, we've all been through that a lot. We're, I'm, I'm just, you know, what difference does it make? I'm just, you know, I don't really make any difference. But we do. You know, God has given to us a commission. And this is not metaphysics. This is just spiritual reality. This is, this is reality. God has given us a mission. And if we want to sit on the sidelines, we certainly can sit on the sidelines. But, you know, I'd rather be one that's in the mix, you know, in the, in the turbulence of the battle, for instance, and, and just be one that makes a difference. So Daniel said, and they that, um, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I'm not going to spend time on that today. We've covered it pretty well, but it's the verse, that part of the verse really speaks for itself. If we know our God, if we know the God of the Bible, and we know him through his son Jesus, you can't know the Father without the Son. You can't. It's just, it's really, really clear. Uh, he that honoreth the Son, honoreth the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father also. Jesus said, uh, uh, he said something really, really important. It just escapes me at the moment. Um, I am the way, the truth, and life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, that's what Jesus said. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So he meant it. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant. And so on this topic, we say it all comes through Jesus. It's got to be through him. It's of him and for him and by him. And I'm going to start and end this sermon on, on this phrase. And something I want us to really think about. Courage is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. It's not courage. Courage is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. On that point, let's turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 15. We're going to look at a couple of points today. And the first one, as I said, is be strong. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read it. We're not going to comment on every verse, but I, I do want to give the context to the point that we're going over. Be strong. Be strong. Well, you're not going to find me ever saying, be timid, be weak, vacillate, you don't find, hopefully you'll never find me saying it. You certainly will never find the Bible saying it. The Bible, the Bible says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is a direction and the constitution that God gives to us. In first, Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, it says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Ithriel hath, hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. Now this is the, the operative thought for, for this message today. Be ye strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words... 
in the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. What we see here is, this is be strong. This is a challenge for Israel, for Judah, to stay clean. Just a little bit of history, you may know this. After you had the first king of Israel was Saul, then David, then Solomon. After Solomon, it split. You had the southern kingdom of Judah, which is being addressed here, the northern kingdom of Israel, 10 of the tribes, 10 of the 12 tribes to the north, went south really bad, really badly. They were given to idolatry. It was horrible. These are cousins and friends and ethnically connected people. And the north is now going off and doing these crazy things. And so in the south, they might be saying to themselves, well, they're doing it. Right? I mean, that's easy to happen. Whenever anybody starts doing something loose or liberal or corrupt or whatever, it's contagious. And so it challenges people who want to stay clean to say, I'm not going to do that. And this is what happened with Israel. This is a challenge. If this be strong that's pronounced here, that's proclaimed here, is it's a challenge to stay clean. Israel to the north was corrupted. And the challenge was to the king of Judah was to clean up the corruption that your sister Israel has fallen into. That's what it was all about. Be strong. The, the politics of the day were really bad. It was not clean. It was not strong. They weren't riding some wave of, of political purity and spiritual purity where everybody's just you know, very patriotic and godly. That's not what was going on. Matter of fact, the trend was the other way. The kingdom to the north pitiful, absolutely pitiful, in such a short period of time. Really, really pitiful. If I didn't say pitiful enough, I hope you remember, it was really bad, the kingdom to the north. So the kingdom of the south, now we don't know anything about this prophet Azariah other than what's said right here. This is all we know about Azariah. There's other Azariahs in the Bible, this isn't it. This is the prophet Azariah. He goes up to the king and he says, be strong, in verse 7, be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Sometimes we just need someone to say, be strong. And not in a, in a condemning, superior kind of way, or be strong, you weak person, you. No, it's encouraging someone else in the faith. It's really important, especially when times are tough, especially when there's a challenge or something that's got to be done here. And king, you're the king. You've got, you're the one. You're, you, we got to talk to you. Be strong. And so the prophet came with the message of God, with the authority of God. I think, I think it was delivered with authority. The king obviously was received it as being the words of God, and it was very challenging. See, it, it was, a, it was a, a mess. It was a, a, a terrible swamp of, of just terrible things going on all over the place. And the prophet said to the king, be strong. Somebody's got to clean this up. And God put you as king right now. Somebody's got to do something about it. And in verse 8, and when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. So he got rid of all the corruption. It's not like there wasn't true worship going on, but it was getting corrupted. You know, all these pockets of infection, spiritual infection all over the kingdom. And what happens is 
In our bodies, if we have an infection, we, you have a, a big sliver, you step on a nail, you've got to get it treated. If not, it's going to infect the rest of the body. Sometimes it could kill you. So you've got to take care of the infection. What, what the prophet was saying to the king is, you got some things you need to take care of here. And it's really, really important. When he heard those words of encouragement, be strong, he, then he was strong. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy, he took courage. You know, sometimes you just need that. You want to be strong, and maybe you are strong. Maybe we're strong anyway. But boy, what a difference it makes when someone comes up and says, go get them, right? What a difference it makes. And this is what happened with the king. Somebody came up and said, go get them. Now, the king probably already knew, this is really bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. And maybe he's a little bit worried, oh, politically, what's going to happen? Because, oh, if we tell the people you can't do these things that these other people are doing, no, maybe they won't like me so much. I, I won't be there be with Weeder anymore. Well, it, there comes a time where you got to just say, we're not doing this anymore. You clean it up. I, don't, it, I, and I, I do care what they do, the 10 northern tribes of Israel, but we're not doing that around here. We're going to follow what God wants us to do. We're going to go in the way that God has given us to walk. And you know, remember, I'll say it again in the end, courage is, is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. And you know what happened? Because of this, in verse 19 of, of chapter 15, it says, And there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. So for the uh, 35 years, he had peace in the land. You know what's happening all over the place? Well, in, in, the, in verse 5, it says, in those, in those times there was no peace to them that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. A lot of turbulence, a lot of war, skirmishes, and like no one's at peace, and ah, what's going on here? He followed what God wanted him to do, and God gave him peace until the 35th year of his reign. That's pretty terrific. That's a blessing. That's a blessing that that king got because he did what God wanted him to do. Get rid of the stuff that's defiling you. And, you know, Christian, the call is to us today. We live in a society where there's pockets of infection all over the place. You'll get it on the TV, you'll get it on the radio. If anybody listens to the radio, you get it on the internet. Uh, they have something called email. You know, you make sure you've got to use that wisely too. But there's pockets of infection all over the place. And so the Christian, we see what happened to the king here. He said, wait, be strong. Don't be afraid to weed that out. Be strong and I'll be with you if you're with me. And he was with them and he blessed them in a tremendous way. Be strong. Be strong. Be brave. Do something. I like that. I don't want to be a nobody. I don't want to be, I'm, I, we, don't need, we don't need stage time. We don't need to be famous. It's not what anybody's looking for. But I do want to be somebody, and I think you want to be somebody that makes a difference for the cause of Christ. We can make a difference in a lot of other ways, you know, that maybe have some value to them, maybe not have value to them. But to make a difference for the cause of Christ is the highest goal of a person's life. Because the Bible says we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For the judgment seat of Christ. It doesn't matter if people believe in Christ or not. They're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So be strong. Secondly, be valiant. Turn with me a few pages earlier to 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings chapter 2. This is where we get to the shortest part of the sermon. 1 Kings chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. David's dying. 
and he's talking to his son. It says, now King David, 1 Kings chapter 2, I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 1. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and, that, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments, and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. God promised David, and he passed on to Solomon, if we keep in the way that God's given us, there will not fail a man on the throne. Well, I guess it did fail ultimately. Why? Not because God failed. Because they didn't do what they had to do. They, God said, I want to see, I don't know if you knew this or not, but we don't see God with our eyes. Did you know that? Aren't you glad you came to church today? We don't see the person of God with our eyes. What he's given us is a manual called the Bible. And he says, here you go. And by the way, I know this doesn't read like a Reader's Digest, but this is it. There is no word of God outside of this book that I have in my hand. I mean, you have a copy, I have a copy. But this is it. It's not really that big when you think the word of God. And he said to Israel, follow it. I don't think he ever expects anyone to do it flawlessly. I know you may think you do it flawlessly sometimes, but I got news for you. You don't. But he does want us to walk in it, and he'll bless because of it. And he says here, this is a challenge to the heart. This is David talking to his sons, a challenge to the heart, to Solomon. When he did give him some specifics after this. As a matter of fact, it's kind of funny. It's like a hit list of people you need to go take care of. But he said to, to Solomon, you need to be strong to continue the work. Don't faint when the work gets tough. Because sometimes the work gets tough. I, I have to read you this illustration on courage. You know, we talk about courage. Courage is doing something even when you're afraid to do it. Okay, makes perfect sense. One summer morning, as Ray Blankenship, real name, was preparing his breakfast, he gazed out of the window and saw a small girl being swept along in the rain-flooded drainage ditch beside his Andover, Ohio home. Blankenship knew that farther downstream, the ditch disappeared with a roar underneath the road and then emptied into the main culvert. Ray dashed out the door and raced along the ditch, trying to get ahead of the floundering child. Then he hurled himself into the deep, churning water. Blankenship surfaced and was able to grab the child's arm. They tumbled end over end, and with about, within about three feet of the yawning culvert, Ray's hand, free hand, felt something, possibly a rock, protruding from one bank. He clung desperately, but as the tremendous force of the water tried to tear him and the child away, he said to himself, if I can just hang on until help comes. He did better than that. By the time the fire department rescuers arrived, Blankenship had pulled the girl to safety, both retreated for shock. On April 12, 1989, Ray Blankenship was awarded the Coast Guard Silver Life-Saving Medal. This award is fitting. 
For this selfless person was at even greater risk to himself than most people knew. Ray Blankenship can't swim. Now, I thought that was just such a great story. By the way, you know who, who told that first? Paul Harvey. And now, the rest of the story. He had a great radio program, didn't he? He had some, some good things on there. But that's what Ray Blankenship did. He saved a girl's life, which is admirable. If, if, if that's the highest thing you did in your life, that's a pretty good task. I'm not separating from spiritual ventures, but that's a, that's a pretty good task to do. That's terrific. Um, but we, well, as Christians, the Bible says, we bear this treasure in earthen vessels. We're just vessels. These vessels are earthen vessels, but we're made from the dust of the earth. We came from the dust. We'll return to the dust. That's just the way life goes. And in the middle of that point, we have the word of God. We have the message of God in these earthen vessels, and we carry it. And, and I'm not trying to over, overestimate the value of what we do, but, but gentlemen, you'll probably uh, hang on, grab this a little bit better than perhaps from the ladies. We are SEAL Team 6. We are SEAL Team 6. Ray Blankenship was a good example of someone who just, without regard for safety, jumped in to do something he knew needed to be done. Did he have the qualifications to do it? He really didn't have the qualifications to do it, but he said, something's got to be done here. I've got to do it. He jumped in and, of course, saved the girl's life. Terrific story. We, ladies and gentlemen, we are SEAL Team 6. We are the ones who bring the Word of God, which, by the way, people will always argue against this. They have for years. They'll whine about this and whine about that. And uh, I say that. I've got to bring in. My, my daughter, Alicia, just finished something she started for me about 12 years ago. It's a little needlepoint thing, and I have it in a plaque now, and it says, Thou shalt not whine. Okay, so it's, I used to say it a lot, and it reminded me. I'm just so thankful to have it finished. So about 10, 12 years later, and, and they'll, they'll whine about it. Oh, it can't be true because of this, so I've got a problem with that. This, this book has been attacked since its inception. Guess what? This book is still here, and it still stands strong. And the more you read it, the better it gets. It's historically valid, archaeologically valid, scientifically valid, prophetically valid, uh, spiritually valid. It's, it's the very word of God. And it tells us, it encourages us, be strong. Why? Because left to our own devices, we won't be. We'll find the excuses, we'll be a little mousy, right? I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do anything. Or maybe we'll be like David when he grabbed those stones and he didn't walk slowly out to meet the giant. He ran out to meet the giant. And he took his head off. Good for him. Be bold. Be brave. Do something. And here we have be valiant. We, and, it's, and it's valiant. Again, David was speaking to his son. And it, it's a big job. He's speaking comprehensively. Be strong. And uh, he's encouraging him to walk in his ways. Don't walk in your own ways. Keep his statutes, not your own statutes. Keep his commandments. Whatever God has given you to do, Solomon, keep it. Keep his judgments. What God has determined to be right is essentially and eternally right. Follow those things. And this is what he get, tells his son. It wasn't a warm moment of father to son. What a great fishing trip we had. And I'm not taking away from any of that. But at this point, he says, Solomon... 
Be brave, be a man, follow God, keep his statutes, follow what God has you to do. Best advice he ever gave him. Very best advice. He says to Solomon, the father says to his son, be valiant. Lastly, be enlightened. Turn to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll get verses 1 through 6. Be enlightened. See, this, the whole be brave, be strong thing, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not an attitude thing. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm a type A personality or I'm a general, I don't mind a good fight. It's not that kind of thing at all. It's, it's as God gives to us, we give to others. That's really what it's all about. I'm not the creator of any great thoughts. I never have been. Any great idea we have comes from the word of God, uh, inspired, directed by the spirit of God. But he said, but... So it's got to be that by the renewing of our mind. That's not the verse we're on today, but the concept is the same. Be enlightened. Let the word of God quicken you. If you're not in the word of God, you're missing the fuel that God would have you to, to have. And there are times when Christians will be in the word of God more than others. You're kind of up and down. We're always better on the upside. We all know this. We've been there, all right? If you've been there, you've been in the word of God, you haven't been in the word of God, you find out you're always better off when you're in the word of God regularly. And so be enlightened. And this is, we'll, re, we'll read it, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beseech you, that word beseech means I beg you. That's really what he's saying, I beg you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And this is where it gets really interesting. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's an interesting final thought on that. But it's a challenge to the mind. This is where it all begins. It all begins to the mind. It starts with the mind. It'll end with the mind. Our fruitfulness for Christ will be determined by what's going on in here. The mind. Is it? Is it? the mind of Christ? Or is it the mind of something else? Maybe philosophy, maybe Chinese proverb, I don't really know. But the mind of Christ, boy, that'll, well, that gives you, that gives you the courage to swing over hell with a squirk on. That's what that does. And that's what we need to do. Not, you know, not be afraid. You know, we never have to be ashamed because we are a Christian. You and I will never deserve the title Christian. That's why it's given by grace through faith. But man, by the grace of God, the things that God can do through his, through his finite people is amazing when we take him at his word. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but powerful through God. Through God. It's by faith, standing in his word. I've got to read you this, this illustration. I know I've read this one once before. It's been a few years. We're talking about Courage. Courage. The Prussian king, Frederick the Great, was widely known as an agnostic. By contrast, General von Zeeland, one of his most trusted officers, was a devout Christian. 
Thus it was that during a festive gathering, the king began making crude jokes about Christ until everyone was rocking with laughter, all but von Zeeland, that is. Finally, he arose and addressed his king. Sire, you know that I have not feared death. I have fought and won 38 battles for you. I am an old man. I shall soon have to go into the presence of one greater than you, the mighty God who saved me from my sin, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom ye are blaspheming. I salute you, sire, as an old man who loves his Savior on the edge of eternity. The place went silent. And with trembling voice, the king replied, General von Zeeland, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. And with that, the party quietly ended. Terrific. Von Zeeland, you put your life in your hands. That's a king, right? You're directly confronting the king in a very respectful way. Very respectful way. That took some courage. That took someone saying, you know, and we're not everybody's police officer by any, by any stretch of the imagination. But that took some courage. There are some times when you may find, and we've had incidents, people relating this about someone taking the Lord's name in vain, really just getting out of control at a particular place. You politely say, you know, would you please stop? That's my Savior you're talking about. Or you please stop. That's, that's my Savior. My family's here. You know, there's times when you can say it. Now, what you want to say is, can I knock you out in the name of Christ? <laughs> Just stop it already. <laughs> you can't, by the way. <laughs> you really can't. But sometimes, sometimes you want to. But what I really like about that testimony is, is the reverence that he did and, and that heart of compassion. And the results was just incredible. Now, Paul is saying, this is, he's saying be enlightened. That's really what it is. It's a challenge to the mind. It's not a heady thing. I'm not talking about psychology or, or Christian education. You know, it's good to be educated in scriptures. But it, it's that sense of, I'm going to take it personally. I am an ambassador for Christ. And someday I will stand before Christ. And this is what we all say. And not simply personal testimony. But someday we'll all stand before Christ. And I really want, to, I, I, I want, I want him to be honored because on this side of eternity, I stood for the right things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't my job to rule the country. It wasn't my job to rule the produce department at Price Chopper. But I do have my area. It's called my life. And I'm an ambassador for Christ. And I don't want to be someone they're going to say, I think they were a Christian. If people know us, they ought to know that we're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Not because we lord it over them in some pious, holier-than-thou way, because we, 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 we're repulsed by that. We are repulsed by that. But just the idea that we are Christians, and so we'll follow the Lord. In, in verse, verse, five, verse 4, says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. A wonderful testimony. And so he's saying, be valiant, be enlightened. Be brave, be valiant, be enlightened. And it's, that's where we want to be. Again, the point for this sermon, this whole series is, is to challenge us, give us a couple seed thoughts to say, you know what, 
It, it may have some very specific application, and I, and I hope it does. I hope it does. I hope there's some things that, maybe some things are people that you're going through, you're saying, well, I, I don't know how to handle this situation. You know what? God wants me to be a little bolder for him. It doesn't mean stop everything in a restaurant and stand up on the table and give your testimony. However, I would commend you if you ever did that. But it, but it does mean, at least certainly in our circles of influence, to, to let people know we, we, we're not just believers. We, we want to radiate Christ. We're not ashamed to be his. I'm not condemning you. I'm not trying to be pious with you. But I, I do want to stand for him. Courage is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. And I think that's an important point to start with and to end with because um, that's what courage is all about. SEAL Team 6, ladies and gentlemen, the war is out there. Ladies and gentlemen, the war is also in here. And I, I want to encourage you, the, the Bible teaches, as, as many of you know, that we're born uh, with a sin nature. And we sin. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. To everybody in this room, everybody in every room, everybody all over the world, the Bible is very comprehensive when it said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, the Bible says, God commendeth. That means he demonstrated. He demonstrated. God commended 